Welcome to the one within all to another episode of Interverse. Very excited to be coming to you live in the middle of the day. Not exactly a normal schedule for these live streams. So thanks for everyone who is able to jump in on a surprise show. Uh, it's going to be a really fun one. We're bringing back Emily Ridout, one of our favorite astrologers, yoginis, and folklorists. What a wonderful combo for this particular podcast where we're always looking at the mythological correspondence to the anatomical, the anagogical way of interpreting the mystical. Anagogical is a cool vocab word I just learned. It means basically interpreting with a huge pie chart of possibilities instead of one dogmatic literal meaning. So Emily's good for that. We're going to get into uh, 2021 review, 2022, I don't want to say forecast, but maybe preview. And astrology has just been super literal lately, as we were saying before we came on the air, which means this is a perfect time for all of us to learn a little bit more and make deeper uh, neural pathways for the connections between the way these stars and seasons line up to our personal lives and our personal natal charts. It's going to be fun. So what's up, everybody in the chat? I see Kaylee, false reality checks, like dissident, Jay, J-Lo, Dragonflies, Chelsea. Thanks, everybody, for saying hi. Davin, wow, cool. We got a good all-star crew, and I'm excited to get going. You can find Emily's website linked in the show notes, but I'm going to kick it over to you and let you introduce what you do a little more thoroughly, if you don't mind. How's it going? And, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on, Chance. It's great to be hanging out with you again and all the people here on the live stream. Um, yeah, that was a great introduction. As Chance said, my name is Emily Ridout. I'm an astro yoga specialist and an astrologer. I also read tarot. And um, yeah, so I specialize in astrology, but then how astrology literally affects your body, how your body then can be used to navigate your sky map to get where you actually want to go, right? And that can be done through actual yoga postures, mudra, mantra, 
activities, or it can be done by actually choosing activities that resonate the way you need to resonate in order to enact the change you need to see, right? So regardless of what you want to go better, there's a spot for it in your chart and there's a way to get that happening for you. So hopefully people are familiarizing themselves with their personal astrology and also you know, familiarizing themselves with the astrology of the moment. So we don't get lost in the spin cycle of, you know, the world. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea for everyone to go ahead and take responsibility for their sky clock configuration, because I mean, would you agree your clients that come to you with some knowledge of astrology are probably better sessions than those who know nothing or, or is it also cool for the walk in with a totally blank slate. It's cool for both. Right. But I do train like people who are, re- are already professional astrologers and how to sort of advance those practices too. So those people who do that or who come to me month after month do get much, much deeper and much, much more specific advice to them versus the person who pops in for sort of the curiosity and the first initial reading of the birth chart, which is valuable, but certainly a surface level thing. And so you can go much deeper, but, you know, both have deep value depending on what you're after. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. (laughs) I feel like it's a never ending journey of proficiency anyway. So yeah, since we're live today, I'm wondering what might be going on in the sky clock at this moment that we could possibly relate to, or, you know, generally around right now where we've just come from that type of stuff. Yeah, we are having, we're having sort of a moment right after there's been a big total solar eclipse and into a moment of transition. So we're transitioning toward the winter solstice toward Mars entering Sagittarius this week, I think in like a day or two. And when Mars enters Sagittarius, that's going to be remarkable because it's going to cross the lunar south node. So we're seeing a moment where we're being activated to look at truth, right? And of course, the hallmark of the lunar nodes being Sagittarius and Gemini is mistaking a relative truth for the ultimate truth. Um, We see a lot of people doing that in multiple ways and sort of saying their opinion is the, you know, end all be all. But in this moment, especially, it's a moment when we can all realize what the truth is by realizing what we actually know and not because we know it from an authority, but because we know it because it is our lived experience or we've felt it in our bodies or our intuition has shown us that. And so this is a moment when we can sort of throw out authority and take action based on the inner guidance system that we all have. It's like so reflected in the world right now as yeah, there's just been massive truth revealings, especially around like Scorpio when the sun was in Scorpio this year. And now big uh, consequences. We're seeing that much of what has gone on with the authoritarian cooties world for a lot of places is now, especially in the United States, like, oh, this isn't holding up legally. And it maybe never was intended to. And it seems like just a big bluff 
to get as many people to comply with mafia tactics, uh, you know, protection rackets as they could before the house of cards started to crumble. And it seems like that's what's happened. And like that gets us into some sketchy territory for YouTube, but I think we can talk around it intelligently. We're smarter than Al Gore's rhythms. <laughs> totally. And, and, you know, it's, it's that definitely. And it's other things too. So in, in your whole life, basically right now is a moment when your body, your physical body can tell you when you've been duped. And it can also start to tell you when you've been duping others, right? Because even though we might not be duping others in that particular way, um, we're all, you know, responsible for owning with the radical acknowledgement of what is in us, the things that we hold in relative awareness, right? The opinions that we have that aren't the ultimate truth, which thank God we have opinions that aren't the ultimate truth. That would be way too much responsibility for you to be like, well, the ultimate truth of my favorite ice cream flavor, right? Is, you know, vanilla, chocolate, whatever. And that's, that's too much, right? And so we need this, this relative truth plain, but we also need to recognize that that's all it is, is confused people, limited beings who have a personal opinion or a personal belief, right? Sharing that with others and to be able to acknowledge and honor that. I think particularly as we're going into the holidays and people might be mixing with others that they don't always agree with, right? To, to stand in that area of, of honoring the fact that that's where that person is and standing firm in their inner knowing of what they are. And, you know, this is the last moment of Sagittarius Gemini lunar nodes for a while. So we're moving in to Taurus and Scorpio, and that's going to be a big deal coming up. Oh yeah. We'll probably have a lot to say about that, but I wanted to just hone in on your point, especially with family members, but with anybody that, yeah, meeting someone where they're at is going to be more effective or just accepting where they're at. You don't have to like uh, agree with them or tell them they're right or whatever, but our energy is the only thing that we really have the ability to take responsibility for. So the energy that we bring to other people, even those that we have some kind of external disagreement with, is going to completely change, especially if they're what you would call, I guess, in the new age, lower vibing people. You coming to them with the radically high, positive, you know, vibrant, sparkly energy, even though, you know, they're living in the fear bubble, you give them permission to lift out of the fear bubble and just feel good around you for a minute. That's like the idea of presence, right? Just being a light in the space. And then that lets them see themselves more clearly if they want to, because they'll be like, wow, why am I not usually feel like, why don't I usually feel this good or excited about life? It's because I watched the news too much or whatever it is that causes them to believe the fear narratives going around right now. So I, I like that we have a big opportunity to heal some of the divide and conquer tactics that have been played out. They're always played out, but they were hella effective this year. And maybe we're rebounding from that and can take advantage of it and show that, yeah, those were divide and conquer tactics for both sides to demonize the other. And if we come together, we totally can win against like the sort of attack on our way of life that's going on right now. Maybe attack is the wrong word. Just 
there's a de- external forces at play for sure, but it's also like this massive shifting of gears for the reality that it's going through based on larger sky clock patterns, I'm sure. Totally. And there's always the acknowledgement too of if you're engaging in an argument, if you're getting frustrated by the argument, like that person is reflecting something about you to yourself, right? So um, the more that you can hold the other person in loving awareness, the more we're going to be able to sort of heal these divides and, and recognize that all of these relative narratives even though they have importance on the earth plane and they're having real wor- world ramifications, all of these relative awarenesses, they're not, um, they're not going to change the fact that anyone with another opinion is a human being that we are meant to hold in loving awareness. And that if we can do that, you know, no problem is ever solved at the level at which it's created. So if we can do that and go to the next level, we're going to see clearly how to solve these problems. And certainly the piece of the puzzle that you are responsible for is just you, right? How can I be the healthiest, best, most aligned version of myself? And then when you do that, as you said beautifully, you give permission to others to do the same. Big time. So yeah, let's look a little bit at 2021 in review. If you have anything that stands out about big world events or maybe shifts that you saw where many of your clients or just friends, people in your sphere seem to express a similar like emotional wave at the same time. That's probably happening just every week for you. But I wondered if you had any like standout major synchronicity storm areas of the year that we could possibly reflect on. That is happening every week. You are right. Um, but, you know, the hallmark of 2021 was was the lunar nodes in Sagittarius and Gemini that we just chatted about, but also the Saturn Uranus square, which we were also in a cloaked way just talking about. Right. Is Saturn is an Aquarius and Saturn rules restriction, um, societal structures that be right. The the rulers of society to a certain extent and the boundaries, right? And we, you know, there are some boundaries, restrictions and structures that we don't like and others that we do willingly enter into, you know, the example of a house you live in, you want that to be a structure, right? Um, And then even boil it all the way down to the containers that the energy around you are in. Like <laughs> I've had an experience before where I, I guess like I kicked Saturn out temporarily and my whole, like it was this weird, like temporary psychedelic Samadhi day where everything was just out of its bag. <laughs> All the energy of everything was one big fractal soup and it was like super disorienting. And uh, I remember specifically like, I don't know if it was a Kundalini thing that was going on or what, but I remember specifically asking like, okay, please put everything back in its box. Please put everything back within the boundaries it belongs in so I can operate here. And I had a whole new appreciation for that entire character of the pantheon that gets so demonized by maybe like the truth community, truth movement, when actually it's just an energy that is within us and part of what gives us the cohesive flowing experience of reality that we're trying to improve on. 
Totally. And with it in Aquarius, it has to do a lot with innovation and technology. And so you do see like, oh, Saturn is restricting people on um, media outlets, right? There's a lot of censorship going on. That doesn't feel good. On the other hand, being able to organize your podcast and put it on specific channels is a positive thing that you're doing. So there's there's the good and the bad of every of everything. Now, this is in a square or a tension building relationship with Uranus and Taurus. And Uranus and Taurus, you know, in mythology, they're father and son, Uranus and Kronos, right? And they're enemies. They like one eats the other, the other slices out of his belly, and they're in this huge fight. And that's kind of the hallmark of 2021 because Uranus and Taurus, Taurus rules the manifest fullness of reality and the richness of what is. Okay. So things like finance, things like the earth plane, nature, all of these things that create riches. And Uranus rules the unbridled freedom. So you might've been having a sort of Uranus or even a Neptunian moment when you were talking before chance. Um, But this is, you know, in transit, it manifests as chaos and surprise. And so we're seeing these two things bump up against each other, right? People seeking freedom, right? And feeling restriction. People seeking structure and meeting with chaos, right? Both ways. And so our our sort of things that we want are in between these two things right now. And you see it societally, but you also see it personally where these placements are in your chart. Some piece of you this year is likely struggling with that question, do I want freedom in this area or do I want a structure in this area, right? Um, If you take an example, if you take it out of the political realm and go into like relationships, a good one is like, well, do I want to be single or do I want to get married, right? That's one Um, Some people will be experiencing this year with those placements in their chart. Do I want um, to own a home? So that was a theme in 2021, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. This is all. There have been three. Well, there's been two so far. And the third one's coming up on, I think, December 24th um, for this final square exact moment for, for, um, for 2021. Now, the other thing, and this is specific to people born around the time you were born, Chance, but since you're you're a 1989 person, um, a lot of these native Plutonians, so the people with Pluto in Scorpio, so people born- Is that you too? I am too, yeah. Okay, I I thought so, yeah. Yeah. I don't like to be like, and this is me, but, but yeah, I am also a native Plutonian. So this is people born, I forget the exact year. I think it started in maybe 84 and went into the early nineties. So a lot of people born in this time frame are experiencing the Uranus placement in opposition to their Pluto and at different moments. And I know that could be a lot of your your listeners. So I was about to say, I think that that's like the largest demographic in the telegram group for sure. People in that demographic, not the only, but major for sure. It's kind of a wide range, but yeah, maybe that's part of what 
puts us on a similar mission and path. Totally. Yeah. I think a combination of that Pluto placement, um, particularly the 87 to early 89 stretch, you might be just past that, had a Uranus Saturn conjunct too. So a lot of these people are going to be very adept at navigating this energy because they are navigating it in themselves perpetually. And then also the, the, the Neptune Capricorn placement that all those people have. So, so there's, there's like a combination and that does lead them down similar paths as this. So it does make sense that they would be your, your people, but where was I going with that? Oh, but there was a Uranus Pluto it, for their natal Pluto. There would have been a Uranus opposition to that, um, which had the potential in these people to bring out their deepest shadow to be cleared. And so you'll see a lot of people in those moments having it rise up um, and you'll know because you'll be like, oh, I thought I already dealt with this. This was a problem before, but it's not a problem now, right? That's sort of the, the mentality people tend to have. And so a lot of those people would have been clearing shadow aspects that reared their head one more time to be released. And so a lot of understanding and healing is happening this year, has happened this year. Yeah, I know so many people in our groups that I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that happening. Kaylee says on the Rockfin comments going through that literally right now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a, it's great. Oppositions are uh, opportunity for action, right? Powerful transformative action. They are. Yeah. It's a time to reconcile that particular continuum in your chart, right? So right now Aries is also being reconciled as like the Aries to Libra continuum as we go through a Chiron transit there, the wounded healer. Yeah. I was going to ask about Chiron oh, yeah. and Aries. So this oh, yeah. is perfect. Chiron is an Aries. And yeah, this is, so Chiron's the wounded healer. And in mythology, right, he's the centaur who brought healing modalities to people, right? And like good healing modalities, not like crazy drugs that will get you addicted or whatever, but like the herbs that they needed. And one day he was wounded very badly and he was in a lot of pain and he was, he was an immortal being. And so he was sort of doomed to live in pain. And so he's known as the wounded healer. He's related to Sagittarius and, and a bit Virgo. And he winds up giving his immortality to Perseus and die, choosing to die. And so in, in the transiting chart, when Chiron moves through, it's the thing that kind of points at you and is like, this is a way that you still believe that you are not whole. This is a way that you still don't rely on the fire and autonomy of your own will as being something divinely given to you. I'm talking about Chiron and Aries now, right? This is a way that you still believe that your decisions, your choices for your life are dependent upon circumstance or other individuals that you have willingly offered your power to as a way of self-sabotage. This is making sense. Uh, yeah. And then sometimes the self-sabotage started out, I think, as self-preservation 
And then as it was no longer like you've healed to a certain degree, and it's no longer necessary. It becomes a self-sabotage, but it's a comfortable pattern that you know you used to have a whole different relationship with in, in some cases. Like um, it could be a job that no longer is a fit, but when you got it, it was great for you and helped you grow. But now you're like way beyond. Or it could be a medicine, something you use medicinally, like a cannabis user that got a huge healing benefit from regular use for years and then found that, oh, it's now starting, my body is starting to suggest the disuse of this medicine. So all medicine in the wrong amount or at the wrong time is toxic and vice versa, even poisons are medicinal in the right time and the right amount. Absolutely. And you, you know, you, when you're doing a transit like this, it, it requires compassion, right? Because all of the time when we take on habits that don't serve us, it's not because we're consciously like, I think I'd like to hurt myself by adopting this habit, right? It's because we think that that's going to be the thing that's going to keep us safe, that's going to keep us well, that's going to keep us, you know, in some kind of a protective mechanism. And so as as Chiron moves through Aries, we see the ways in which we've traded our true self for an illusion of safety. Okay. And so this starts to, this starts to clear. Um, and it doesn't even have to be like an herb or something. It could just be like, Oh, I was not sharing myself fully because I was afraid if I let my freak flag fly that, I would be rejected by my mom, dad, partner, you know, whomever. It's time to get your freak on, frequency on. <laughs> your frequency on, I like that. F-R-E-Q, get your freak on. <laughs> anyway, I feel that, I feel that. Totally. So wherever the Aries is in someone's chart, they're going to be integrating even more. And there's always more healing to do, right? Because healing is how we think we're not whole. And so unless if you're in your cosmic consciousness sort of mind at all times while still being fully in your body, there's more, which thank God there's more because if there wasn't, it would be such a dull life. There is always more beyond. Well, okay. So while we're still talking 2021 areas, let's talk about Maybe the eclipses are a good uh, opportunity to show a dynamic like this, the recent one, perhaps, which is interesting. You brought up Perseus because the, I mean, this isn't the most recent eclipse, but the most recent visible here uh, where I'm at, and probably for you, I think it was the whole United States, was the lunar eclipse that happened uh, last full moon, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that, that was... was in- Perseus. It was in the constellation where he's slaying the Gorgon and the full moon was right on the eyeball of the Medusa in a, I think, sidereal sense, maybe. I'm not sure. (laughs) I always get confused. Like, what am I looking at? If this is literally where it's at, does that still apply? Like, I kind of blur the lines. But anyway, your thoughts on on how that's going to go forward or any other dynamics that initiated in 2021 that will be continuing in 22 or concluding in some way that we can maybe have actionable intelligence about? It's true. So you're talking Babylonian astrology, most likely in a sidereal sense. Um, Just 
So, you know, um, yes. So the, the eclipses for the last 18 months have been in the Gemini Sagittarius axis, you know, bringing those themes up. So most people already know, what did you spend the last 18 months shifting in your life? That's going to have resonance in your chart on those eclipses. Um, those eclipses. This one, the lunar eclipse that occurred in November at the last full moon was the first one of the new cycle in the Taurus to Scorpio axis. Okay. So because the lunar nodes are about to shift and then we just had the final one in the Sagittarius axis. Okay. So so the Taurus Scorpio axis, right, is the theme is it's a they're fixed signs. And the theme is the energy of Scorpio, which is the seed energy of potentiality. This is an energy that terrifies a lot of people because it's below the surface and it it's your entire physical vitality, right? And you can spend it in any way you choose. Right. You can plant your seed and a flower might grow or a big thorny bush or whatever, you know, the seed creates. And so sometimes people become very fearful because seeds contain the power and we have the power to manifest either good or evil or some combination. Taurus, on the other hand, is the energy of the already expressed energy. Okay. This is the energy of manifest reality when it's, when it is in its rich, richest state. Okay. So the seed versus the flower. It's kind of like the all mother. It's like the body that gives you a seed rather than the seed that grows into a body. Totally. Yeah. Which is why Taurus is the sign of Eve or the primordial mother or whatever mother goddess you're choosing in whatever pantheon you're looking at. Think the Uh, empress in the major arcana of the tarot. In a sense, yes. The Empress is related to Venus, and Venus is a ruler of Taurus. Yeah. Taurus is related to the Hierophant card as well. So there's there's something in there that both teaches and guides us toward the fixed state of what is, and that helps us to birth new things into manifest reality because we birth things from a combination of will and memory. And I think of the reason this is a tangent, but why the Hierophant is in the mix with the Taurus rulership or whatever is because maybe like proper religion or spiritual traditions, I say proper, but like a goal of that is to point people to the natural laws of the generative principle, like Venus and Phi and Fibonacci and the transcendental aspect of the way life, you know, is this fractal uh, self-similar across scales. I think that's why Hierophant gets in the mix with this Venus Taurus thing. Totally. And it represents the good teacher. So the teacher who actually teaches you truth, right? Which the natural world will always teach you truth if you see it clearly. And so there's, there's that connection there. Um, and you know, the, the tarot, the path of the tarot is a really beautiful path that will teach you everything 
in the universe if you let it right and so it's all it's all there in pictorial form for anyone with eyes to see so so yeah so Taurus you know the full moon in Taurus was the initial release of this next 18 month cycle okay so we're releasing our attachment to manifest reality to the generative things that we thought we had, thought we wanted, thought existed, and releasing back into the state of, you know what, I have a set of ideas, intuition, emotion, and direction inside me that has yet to manifest. And so right now at the end of the Kali Yuga and the beginning of the Sat Yuga, we are releasing the manifest forms that were in our lives, that were in our societies, and we're beginning to step into our generative principle. But we're trying to do that with integrity. Hopefully, not everybody will be doing this with integrity. You know, there's a big spectrum. But ideally, a person's doing this with integrity and going deep inside themselves and saying, if I can make anything, what do I want to make? Right? This is the same energy you would use to make a baby, like a literal baby. It's the same energy you would use to create art, create something um, in any form. And so you get to use your seed, your piece of the puzzle to do something. And that's what that's what this next time period is about. It's also a time of releasing attachment to the things we thought were real that aren't. <laughs> Which a lot of that is actually in the flavor of limitations. So it's a good thing. I am of the mind that the type of abilities and psychic as in soul level, so not necessarily psychic like Professor X, but soul level powers will be developed in the coming, you know, age shift that are so far beyond what we started off life thinking was possible that it's going to be like a big part of the mystery is us just trying to reverse engineer what the heck that we're able to do now that is just coming online on its own as we get coming online as we get into better alignment with the Tao or life force energy through our health through our postures through our impeccability of uh, speech you know behavior and thought patterns all of these things the those are the generative principle actionables <laughs> you get all that right especially putting more into maybe visualization than ever before and just knowing that you have this power it's amazing and there's a fun sink over in the chat that's too good so i have to point it out because i also want to continue talking about venus uh our intrepid chatter yuliana joined the conversation and Davin in the chat says, as we start talking about Venus and Taurus, Yuliana, who is of wisdom and beauty, that's her channel on Telegram, shows up. <laughs> and uh, that was at 3.33 p.m. And the stream was at 33 minutes, 33 seconds. And I was like, oh, my God, all the threes. But <laughs> let's talk about what Venus is up to. That was my attempt to segue because, right, there's like some retrograde action. Uh, we can start launching into discussing what's coming up next for the remainder of this month and to take us into the patterns that we'll want to be aware of in the coming Gregorian year. I, I think the year starts around my birthday. I don't really go for this Gregorian thing, but I know that 
you know, as an organizational societal principle, there's still some value to talking about it this way. You're right, Chance. Um, that's why I usually offer New Year's things through the Equinox because that's the true New Year. But um, yeah, my head went like five different places when you were just talking because... Yeah, go wherever well, you want. The Empress is the imaginative principle of knowledge, right? So being able to envision what we want is a key and you lovely, lovely brought that up, right? And and then you also brought up as we become a little more aware and, and awakened, um, and we definitely need to hit on that again, because that's one of the primary themes of 2022. So let's get into that in a minute, because there's going to be a lot of people waking up, not just to the intellectual power of like, I know that everything's one thing and, you know, all the principle, the hermetic principles, but actually stepping into mastery over some of those principles so that it is under their conscious control. Right. So that's happening um, later in the year, but yes, let's talk Ooh, about that's exciting though. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a cool, it's a cool transit that comes with a lot of caveats. Um, so, you know, as they all do. Yeah. Know, major responsibility. Like, you know, you're going to have, you can, your dreams will come true, but you better not be focusing on nightmares then. Yes. Like they might come true. You know, not all people are going to have the same experience, but there will be a lot of people. There's a wave to jump on. Like there's a train coming and you can get on the train. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah, you can. But let's talk about Venus because right now Venus is getting together with Pluto, which of course, you know, brings us to the Persephone narrative, right? Of the, the, I mean, Venus isn't a Persephone character all the time, but Pluto being Hades, God of the underworld, with the goddess of beauty and love, right? Getting together brings us to that story, which of course, on one level is an allegory for wintertime. And where are they getting together? But in Capricorn, right? The sign of the initiation of the winter cycle. So that's happening. And in just a little over a week, they are stationing retrograde, not they. Venus is stationing retrograde and fixing to go back through Capricorn before going forward through Capricorn again um, through her retrograde cycle. And, you know, we could talk forever about Venus retrogrades and what they mean. But essentially, this is a time which would be good to invest, right? Because Venus, our Capricorn does rule a bunch of business and finance. And so a lot of the markets you already see since the shadow period beginning to go down a bit. Um, that's just, you know. Uh, buy on the dip, right? I guess so, yeah. It'll go back up. There, unless if you're into investing. But, um, but you know, it's it's one of those moments. So Venus, when she turns backwards, she disappears from the external world in a certain way. And we then get to experience her inside of ourselves. And so at this time, beauty is best sought within, right? This isn't the time to go like buy a bunch of new clothes or, 
it might be very well a good time to invest because of the potential for downfall, but but you'd have to look very clearly at that chart before you made that decision. But um, maybe not a good idea time wise to go looking for like your next BF or GF. Maybe not. Um, um, yeah, because that would be often as projection, right? When we're meant to be turning within and we turn without and we start looking externally for an affirmation of love, beauty, pleasure, then we forget that it's our responsibility to actually create love, beauty, and pleasure for ourselves. And it's only when you have that in yourself that you actually have fulfilling relationships um, regardless of if they're romantic or platonic or familial, right? It's it's how do you bring love out of yourself and how do you experience that love inside yourself? And so this is going to be happening in a very physical way. Um, it's also going to be happening in a financial way. And it's also going to be happening in the other thing Capricorn rules, which is antiquity, right? The deep remembrance of what has always been, right? And so we're going to be- You want to elaborate on that? That's an interesting point. Sure, yeah. So Capricorn's the energy of directionality on the earth plane. And one way to go is up the mountain where you're, you know, building the sort of the stereotype, building businesses, you know, growing finances, sort of making things happen, maybe becoming a philanthropist. And then- when you look back though, you see the gifts from the past. So when you look down the mountain, like into the Shire, right? You see the things that can be deeply remembered from our past. So this is where, you know, folklore comes in handy. Mythology comes in handy. The mystery traditions come in handy. Your tarot deck comes in handy. You can look back um, or even your past astrology charts come in handy where you can say, well, look where I've come from, right? Look how far we've come. And so this, you know, Venus is retrograding away from where we've come and away from where we're going. And so the only place to be is in the now and in yourself. Awesome. I love it. Uh, let's keep going though. Big themes for that's really good intel on Venus. I mean, can never hear it too much that it's all about self-love to reiterate that. I even think that it's an acceptable perspective and a helpful one. I won't say it's correct or true, but for me, it's helpful to think of love as only being self-love, that that's the only kind that exists. And then we've mistaken love for something external. And so we try to apply love externally before creating the feeling and the sense of self-love. And then that makes us play a zero-sum game where there's a deficit of love because we're spending it all on other people. Whereas with self-love that's authentic, we have all the energy in the world to express the principle of care for others, for tasks, for art, for creativity, for life itself without a deficit. It's an abundance because it's coming from this inner wellspring of contentedness because you love yourself. So I look at it like the only kind of self-love is, or the only kind of love is self-love. And then what we express, uh, what we call love, because there's only one word for it in our language, which is silly or very few words, 
is really when in balance, the principle of care, you're just showing care, which is a function. It's a verb aspect of love. It's an offshoot of love, but you can't really love others in that sense until you're in integrity with the way you look at yourself. I want to always reiterate that for people that it's, <laughs> we got to get the order of operations mathematically correct. If we want to have that extra energy to be there for others for real, well, it's just like the metaphor of the cups and the tarot, you know, the two of cups or the three of cups, all of those characters that are coming together for joy are bringing a full cup to the party. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and we see in that card, you know, in the traditional decks, those are women, which in the tarot, at least represents a specific aspect of your consciousness, right? Which is the subconscious principle that already has its cup filled, right? That piece of you that's actually already always in connection with every other point in the universe and can be directed at your will. And so when you think about things like that, it's like, yes, we each have a piece of the puzzle and it's connected to every other piece. And so even if you do start by loving another person, like that's a beautiful place to start, but then to realize that the depth of love that you felt for that other being or your dog or whoever, right, came from you, that was generated inside of you. And the depth of love you are capable of expressing is the depth of love you also have for yourself. And so to make sure that you're experiencing it, even as you're loving external things or people. That yeah, is a great way to temper my statements <laughs> for, for sure. Cause yeah, you can come to it from, you can discover the self-love through what you were attracted to in another being. But then if you get hung up on the attachment to the other being as your only source of love, that's where it goes wonky. So yeah, you can be led to love through Venus showing up in your external world for sure. That's a really good nuance there. Well, and so much of what we think is love through conditioning through the media is attachment. And so it's really a helpful question, I think, for people who are in relationships to look at what is the love piece of the relationship and what is the attachment piece. And of course, it can be healthy to have both, right? Like kind of hard not to have attachment, but maybe objectivity about your attachment will help. Yes. Yeah. Like you have to be attached, like you have to be attached to your spouse through, um, you know, the sort of boundary that you've created around the relationship. You have to be attached to your child so that that child gets cared for. Right. There's attachment that's healthy. Um, but there's also attachment that we mistake for love, which is like when you think that person's responsibility to you or your responsibility to that person is indicative of their love for you, that's when things get messed up. And then we start to have shadow aspects of our relationships come into play. And, you know, with all the pitfalls that come with it. Well, let's see how we can pivot further into expanding on the 2022 preview. It's going to be a weird year. I just know it, but in a, a lot of good ways, I think we're already seeing some things shift uh, from the darkness to like, wow, we actually have been handed huge opportunities and potential by the exposure of what was not working in society and the kind of rapid crumbling of it. Oh yeah. And so, well, that's 
I mean, America's having some weird stuff this year and Neptune opposition, a Pluto return. Pluto return. That's the big deal. It's a big deal. And, um, you know, so America or the United States is going to be a, an interesting place to be an interesting place to watch things crumble, illusions shatter and, uh, people step into and out of delusion um, as we face the shadow aspects of of the collective that is this entity that isn't really any one being, right? And isn't really a, the thing that it was originally anymore, right? And so lot, lots going on with America. Um, but I think the hallmark of 2022 So if the hallmark of 2021 was the Saturn Uranus square, which by the way, will continue into 2022 and will also be a theme in the world. Um, The hallmark of 2022 is Jupiter moving into Pisces. And this is a big deal because Jupiter is the ancient ruler of Pisces and Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces and Neptune is also in Pisces. So. The Pisces area of your chart is in for a party or a an interesting movement, okay? And the Pisces ruled things in life are also in for some change. So I talked briefly about the potential for a great awakening, the potential for a lot of people to suddenly wake up one day or maybe not even suddenly, systematically, slowly over time, as it happens for most people, wake up and one day realize these esoteric powers, these metaphysical things that I maybe knew about, had heard about, have talked about a lot, but didn't have full mastery over, are suddenly more in my potential to actually direct my will upon. Okay. And you already have that, not the potential, you already have that power. We're all doing it all the time, but the potential for this to be a step further into your conscious awareness much more quickly is, is higher in the next year. This is particularly going to be true around the month of April when they're going to reach an exact conjunction because Neptune can really blow our our minds. It can really blow away the sense of limited reality and step into the watery dreamscape that in some ways in the lower vibration could be just delusion, but in other ways in the upper vibration is a truth that we need to see. I think it's the unknown. I think that's part of flow state is like embrace the unknown. That's what Neptune's asking for. So that's why it comes through with so much murk, I think like murkiness. Totally. And Pisces relates to the moon card in the tarot, which is the card that teaches the principle of how to change the physiological structures of your body and brain such that they are capable of producing the results you desire. Right. And that is, you know, the moon space in the brain, which literally chemically and physically shifts to be able to do some of these things. So, which is why like it's meant, you're meant to practice meditation over a period of many years. Um, And so something we might see happening is people having those physiological shifts. 
months. Now, these shifts happen as a result of practice, right? But they also, they don't just happen when you practice. They take place when you sleep, right? Which Neptune is going to be there when you sleep. And so when we see Jupiter there, there's a big possibility for expansion. So just practically, like people who are listening to this, do your meditation practice and sleep, please, next year. Um, don't forget to rest. Anyway, Jupiter expanding up in Pisces. Um, now the pitfall could be with Uranus and Taurus and Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces, we might see some earth plane shifts in the waterscape. So we might see things like floods, big waves, glacial things. That's happen. actually something being predicted by, I don't know if you've heard of this guy before. His name's Cliff High. Mm. Yeah, he has this crazy, I guess, like technology software that scans the language of the internet in mass. It's this sort of AI thing he's been using for years. And he calls it the web bot. And basically it's these mathematical sets that he as a mathematician has created to analyze the frequency of language. And over time, he's discovered patterns and how human language actually contains consistent patterns that are precursors to things that will happen in the collective later. And cool. he's like, Jared, he's, he's got some accuracy. He's been doing it for a while. The dude's like an amazing mad scientist, but his uh, prediction actually is huge glacial movements and ice age onset in the next year. And that he, there's actually some evidence that maybe that's already happening in um, like, I believe there's a lot of flooding in some areas of Canada right now. There's huge, your uh Europe is having a lot of snow, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's part of Jupiter getting close to Pisces there, kind of burying us in precipitation. Wow, that's cool that he also has the same conclusion. And I would be curious to learn more about his his word search. Um, uh, yeah, that that very much can be the case. And then as well, Uranus and Taurus, there are these shifts and and yeah, so that's a big deal, but also in our psyches and the watery aspects of our psyches, which is the aspect that's connected to every other being and every other point in the manifest universe, um, there's some big shifts taking place. So you can imagine like the energy it takes to move the glacier or the ocean is the same energy being enacted upon the collective subconscious. And so we are surging in our own way it's a sea level shift for the psyche and that's also like sea as in what we perceive the level at which we perceive things is shifting for sure <laughs> yeah this is it this is fascinating um we've got time to keep talking 2022 patterns and then maybe like shift into in about five minutes giving more uh, fleshing out to what kind of things you've got coming up and the ways that you work with people. So maybe, maybe you can kind of weave those things together in the end of our first hour, but any other important things for the free audience to know about 2022 and then what you're offering in, you know, we don't have to rush it, but if you can help us uh, know the things that you've got in store for people that want to work with you, I know you've been doing a lot and expanding a lot and, teaching a lot and there's a lot going on a lot, lot. 
There's a lot going on. Well, I think as far. Oh, wait, I got to pause real quick. There was a, a comment. Mm-hmm. Slick dissident wanted to know if your sun sign was cancer. It's not. It's Capricorn. Good guess, though. <laughs> but my ascendant is cancer. So. Oh, yeah. That is cancer is my logo. So it's not my sun sign, though, because I like the ascendant a bit more. <laughs> It's how you come across, though. I mean, I feel like I've got that big Leo vibe but with my ascendant mm-hmm. <laughs> main character, as in lots of hair. I mean, yeah. And I didn't want to put a Capricorn logo on an astrology business because I was like, this isn't really for business purposes. I mean, it is a business, of course, but I was like, this is more for caring for people and getting people to figure out how to nurture themselves. So that was the energy I wanted up in that logo. Or that was my logic. Another good comment while we're on comments from the Rockfin side, Kaylee says, what's amazing about this conversation is we're talking about Neptune and Pisces and the moon is conjunct Neptune today. Mm, I love that. Yeah, she's right. It totally is. And yeah, the moon, the moon being in Pisces is a really powerful moment too. And the moon conjunct, I mean, it happens every month, right? But it is a moment when if you sleep well tonight, those shifts might occur with a bit more power. Although it's really the consistency of practice that will bring those shifts upon you. Spoken like a true Capricorn son. <laughs> Every day. Although there's such a thing, I mean, a Shakti Pata, right? Where you people spontaneously enlighten, but there's also the truth that there are layers to enlightenment. So you might think you're awake and then realize there's more and then realize there's more and, you know, progressively over life. Right. And so, you know, may we all awaken to our next level in the, in the new year. Um, Let's see my main thoughts. I mean, I think I shared most of the things I wanted to get at for 2022. Um, The only thing, well, we did touch on this is the lunar nodes shifting in January into the Taurus Scorpio axis and And maybe give people a little context to what they could expect and what the nodes are doing in their personal chart. If they go to look up their chart and think about this nodal shift. So the nodal shift represents an, a directional energy that the collective is pointing. Okay. This could feel good or bad for you depending on your placements. Um, They don't tend to be easy placements. They tend to be fairly harsh because they, it's like fighting against a current if you try to fight against them. Right. And so sometimes if the South node moves over a particular placement in your chart, it can feel like the whole world is pointing the other way and discrediting the very thing that you are. Okay. Um, On the other hand, if you have things conjunct the North Node, it can feel like something, occasionally something private is in the public eye or that everyone's sort of doing something that is something you've always done and you're wondering about the the good and bad of the ways that you've always done that thing. Makes sense. So, which is sort of a general lunar node thing. Now this year, I think this year it's going to hit the North node conjunct Uranus. And that's going to be, um, a powerful moment for the collective, right. And potentially some 
around that time, we will see things coming to a head, both with the Saturn Uranus square and with sort of collectively talking about what are we going to do about finance, climate, things that have happened, right? Forest fires, whatever. Um, I think cowpoke ramifications is going to be the big one, honestly. Because it's like more and more people are realizing what's going up, going on with that. And a one-way ticket when you convert from having faith in the medical mafia to recognizing the racket. It's a one-way conversion. So like there has to be some kind of critical mass approaching with that because, you know, those who know are not going to go back to the old way of treating health. And uh, those who don't know, there will be less of them around. So there will be a, that is a collective shift. It's a, not that I want there to be less people around, but it's already kind of happening. Right. And Taurus does rule the natural body. Okay. So we are seeing chaos in the natural body, both with people who have gotten ramifications from illness or other things they might have done, right? But also people getting um, sort of the chaos of wanting to maintain their natural body in a particular way or not maintain it in a particular way, right? There's a lot of conversation and chaos around the natural body and who owns it and who's in charge of it and all those things, right? Whereas like medicine is ruled by Virgo. And so we're seeing the conversation be about the natural body and the chaos there. So I totally, yes, that, that can happen too. And it's, it is happening. And as the North node transits there, the world's going to look at it a bit more closely. Uh, Kaylee in the Rockfin chat says Rahu is explosions and Uranus is explosions. (laughs) Totally. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, give your, you know, explanation of your services and your teaching. Don't hold back. I want everyone to know all the great things. Like I, for one, enjoy your newsletter that is never feels, never feels spammy, always feels like pertinent information and a good little moment of like mindfulness about sky clock body correlation. So. Yeah. Give us, give us the full rundown of what you do with folks in case anyone wants to work with you. I know that you've had interverse audience clients in the past and they speak highly of you. So people that might want a 2022 natal return or uh, just a first shot natal reading, all that stuff and more, right? Totally. And yeah, and I love your people. So anybody who wants to come, you'd be welcome. Um, Yeah, I do readings for people. So astrology readings, astro yoga sessions, tarot readings. I also I have an upcoming course coming up that I'm super stoked about called um, Astrology Academy. And that is a course designed to help you learn and read your natal chart in a way that's actually helpful. So you're asking the right questions of yourself, you're growing the right understanding, and you're actually able to translate what's going on in astrology to specific actions, ideas, and concepts that you need to be considering. So that's coming up. That's starting in January. Um, I teach an astro yoga teacher training that's on demand right now. And, 
and I have memberships. So the membership, there's, there's an upper tier one that does give you a reading every month. And then there's, and it includes everything in the other tier, which is called the luminary. And that has uh, group sessions one or two times a month, a, a astrology booklet that comes out every single month. That's about 50 pages long that has information for every sign and access to an astro yoga library if you want to do some yoga practice with me. Now, oh, and for free, come join my mailing list and you'll get your free weekly astro yoga forecast. Um, as well as I think when people sign up, they get a free download of astro yoga for your sun sign. So if you do that, um, that's just an easy read ebook that I put together to help people figure out like what is astro yoga and what are some easy ways to get started without knowing a ton about either subject. I love it. I guess this is a good time to remind people that when the YouTube video ends, we are going to continue on Rockfin. Also, if you happen to be a Patreon member, you'll see the replay go up. But to catch the actual live conversation, got to be on Rockfin. So I'm posting a link to the concurrently simulcasting stream uh, for anyone on YouTube. There it is in the chat. And um, feels like a good time to remind everyone, too, if they want to work with me, I do sound healing sessions and divination sessions. So either of us are available for Booking in December, if you're interested, <laughs> good time to invest in yourself in this self-reflective moment of um, the year as we're entering the winter, you know, Sagittarius, I see, see yourself more clearly. And I'm going to play a intermission song by a group called Entheo. That'll be probably four and a half or five minutes. So that gives you plenty of time to switch over from YouTube to Rockfin if you're already a member. Uh, or even join if you haven't joined before. Plenty of time to sign up and super worth it. You get all the other premium content that Rockfin has, like Netflix, but without the cuties flicks and all that creepy stuff. So yeah, everybody get ready to jump to the other side. Emily, it's been super fun to hang out again. And I look forward to the second hour. What we are planning on getting into is looking at some stuff from my actual chart. So I'm gonna voyeuristically peer into my makeup if you want, and hopefully use it as sort of a teaching modality to demonstrate what it looks like to compare a natal chart to an upcoming year and how some of the dynamics at play are also going, that she will describe for my upcoming year will apply to everybody in the general sense as we reiterate some of the major 2022 stuff that's going to be coming up. So that'll be fun. I guess if you want to learn more about astrology, you know, in a specific example, come watch me get some uh, horoscope action and that'll be fun. But if not, it's been awesome having you in the live chat, everybody much appreciated. The song, as I said, it's in Theo and the song, I believe I already forgot the name, but that's the band and that's linked in the show notes too. So yeah, everything's in the description. Get in there and thanks again and see everybody on Rockfin. Emily, much appreciated. Anything you want to leave them with? I'm so happy I got to chat with you, Chance. You're always wonderful. And everybody who's listening, take heart. You're doing wonderful. The more we can all be conscious of ourselves and our worlds around us, the more we can shift the collective.
I love it. Yep. It's all coming back to self. Beautiful. All right. See everybody on Rockfin and enjoy this musical intermission and graphics I made today. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs>